0: The Free For All Roundtable. Round one.
1: On round one, Tim Hudak is here, former leader of the Ontario Conservatives. Laura Babcock is with Power Group Communications, host of the O Show. Mark Warner is an international trade lawyer. And uh, let's mix it up a little, actually, and start with Toronto Municipal Affairs. Fifteen out of twenty-five councillors have signed a letter saying that they want the province to repeal special powers for the mayor of Toronto, John Tory. Mark Warner, I'll start with you, because I know what a fan you are of John Tory's.
2: (laughs)
3: yeah i don't mind john i've given him money in a few of his elections i hope he likes me as much as i like him um look i i uh, i i I don't understand this particular legislation at all the idea that you would be able to do anything without majority rule i do i did understand the first bill which had to do with the um the strong mayor powers although you know i would probably have designed it differently so since i i really have not heard an explanation of why this makes any sense at all um so i think these councillors are doing the right thing
1: Okay. uh, Tim Hudak. this is our first chance to have kind of, I guess, what they call a whip count or a head count at Toronto City Council. And with 15 out of 25 saying that they think the mayor should be stripped of special powers, um, that actually does not reach the threshold that would take those special powers away. But it suggests he's got some headwinds.
0: I'm surprised it's uh, that low. Uh, you think you'd get more. Look, this is how we got in trouble in the first place. Right? Our system today um, rewards the power of nimbyism. It says, you know, I I will never forget during the consultations of the Housing Affordability Task Force, hearing from a mayor, basically said, you know, there's a housing proposal that, you know, this was not Toronto, it was another municipality, that checked off all the boxes, was consistent with the official plan, met the provincial policy statements, and then his council voted it down. And they went for beer after and said, why'd you vote it down? He said, well, you know, Dave didn't like it. It shows that a small group of neighbors can actually shut down housing projects that would be affordable to first-time buyers, new Canadians moving in. If we want our sons and daughters to get a place they can afford, we need to move aggressively in this housing file. So I I do not like to see the NIMBY forces win. In fact, it's an encouraging sign. I thought they would have a higher vote.
1: Okay, well, I'm going to have to have you back for a special debate, Tim Hudak, because um, I don't know if you know my neighborhood particularly well, but about 25% of the square footage in my neighborhood is under demolition order, and I don't think it's nimbyism that that makes me a bit uncomfortable. I'll look forward to it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Laura Babcock, 15 out of 25 counselors signed that letter against John Tory. It's not necessarily a declaration of war, but it does tell John Tory where his chips are.
2: Yeah, and the former mayors, I think, what, five of them wrote a letter that they don't like this either. It is an end around, around democracy in the sense that, uh, you know, he can move forward and do all kinds of stuff. Didn't he already appoint a new city manager, right? Uh, so the question for me is this. How do you reflect the fact that the mayor is the only person who is elected across the city and therefore has a different kind of a mandate than these individual ward councillors? I think that needs to be better reflected in our system. They do speak on a different level and they do have different responsibilities. Um, but when it comes to the fact that they can do what with this legislation? It's not limited just to, you know, expediting housing, for instance. Uh, and so what happens if you don't have a mayor like John Tory, who most people think is pretty vanilla? What What happens if you get a mayor who really, really wants to use these powers in deleterious ways? Um, How do you then put the horse back in the barn? So I think that this legislation is is very flawed and I'm hoping that the mayors who are being granted it can, if not, not accept it, change it or refine it or limit it in scope so that people can feel more comfortable with this.
1: I think we're at kind of an interesting friction point with the protests that happened last weekend. I'm wondering if Doug Ford is in for a bigger fight than he thought he was when it comes to the green belt and unleashing some of that territory. Here's Doug Ford in the house yesterday using the usual I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you throw sticks, whatever the expression was. It really is. I know you are, but what am I? Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I find it so rich and so ironic hearing from the Liberals that changed the green belt
3: 17 times. You should do your homework. You froze housing. We have 300,000 people coming to Ontario every single year. I see the young people there. I see people up here that are renting. Do you know what their goal is in life? Their goal is to own a home. It's supply and demand, Mr. Speaker. But I can tell you the last people we should be listening to is the previous government that destroyed housing, that was voted against every housing bill that we've had. He destroyed
1: housing. Okay, ultimately he had to sit down because the speaker stood up. But Laura Babcock, how much of a fight do you think Doug Ford is in for here?
2: A huge one. And so that whole thing of, you know, um, you did it, so I did it, it's a yeah. load of nonsense because he said that he wouldn't do it. So he lied on camera, on tape to the electorate, to the people of Ontario, and then he turned around and did it. That has nothing to do with the Liberals' record. Also, the kind of package of land he's talking about, far greater. And you've got all these investigations on all these, you know, developers who are buying up these parcels of land. Why were they buying it in the green belt? What did they know that the rest of us don't the auditors concern parks? Canada now is incredibly concerned about the exploitation of wetlands, which is permanent You have cities like Hamilton where councillors immediately came out and said, yeah We're not servicing those lands. You can't force us to we refuse to you asked us to create Densification for these 300,000 new people every year coming in you asked us as municipalities to do the heavy lifting We did it. We have plans within our existing urban boundaries We don't need the green belt and that whole idea Idea of going for housing. There was just a study that came out, John, that said that to get into the housing market in Ontario, you'd have to make $139,000 a year. The houses he's talking about in the Greenbelt aren't even accessible housing. Let's work on better rental housing and affordable housing within our urban boundaries.
1: Okay, let me turn to Mark Warner. And, um, you know, I, I think it's a canard to argue that, oh, well, we need new housing. Well, that doesn't mean we need to rezone all of this land in order to get to that housing. Uh, we have existing land, we have properties in toronto for example that hold two properties could actually hold six Yeah,
3: this is story is so unaccessible inaccessible to me john to be very honest with you because it, the, the problem with the the reporting about anything to do with doug ford is so highly politicized and plebiscite i i can't i can never get to the idea of what's really going on here so i kind of tune it out to be very honest with you there's there is legitimate debate to be had about the green belt um, which was established many, many years ago. I, I find it hard to believe that after, what, 50 years plus, that we can't look at any part of it. I haven't looked at this proposal to see whether any part of it makes sense or not. But, you know, I know when you start seeing the Toronto Star and NORWAL, which are fairly have strong agendas around these things, That, and I'll be honest with you in my own experience, the reporting is not always 100% when it comes to some of these environmental regulatory things. I just tune it out. I mean, that's, that's where I am I I I, can't get, I I don't have the bandwidth to sort of dig into
1: it any deeper than that. Um, no I wish we could have news conversations this. about this. Okay, no but i on
2: this, yeah, though, Mark.
1: I but Mark, I would push back on that know because you know if if I am seen to be, which is actually false, uh, somebody who reflexively resists anything on the Ford agenda, I've backstopped Doug Ford on all kinds of things. I just am not convinced that breaking open the green belt is a great idea. Look, my problem with this, John, is I said, I don't,
3: it's a process type thing, but I know this Narwhal people, I know some of the people behind it, I like them, I know they sometimes call me for interviews, I try to be helpful when I can, but they, the problem with journalism, when, you, when journalists have an d- agenda like this, this kind of modern conception of journalism, is it's unreliable. I'm not interested. And I and I don't have the bandwidth to basically. Fact Mark, check what the about the <laughs> can I
0: can I get on, on the
1: switch, oh, hold on a second, I, I want hear on. well, to hear what Laura wanted to say here. Saying,
2: you know, this 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 conversation around the journalism around the issue. To put that aside for a second, if Mark is cynical about that. What about the fact that the Premier said he wouldn't and lied and now he is? I mean, that is problematic on its face, whether you like Ford or not. That's duplicitous. And the people of Ontario have a right to be upset about that, breaking of a promise, and they have a right to want to protect precious farm and wetlands.
1: Okay, and Tim, given your ballywick, I'm sure you want to weigh in on this.
0: 16 years of history on this file. I yeah. was actually uh, the critic of municipal affairs and housing when this legislation was brought in in 2005. John Tory was PC leader. Look, what, what people are missing here is there there, is, there was no scientific basis for the land that was selected. It was drawn up in a back room, lawns drawing, lines drawn arbitrarily, and you had land that was actually serviced, John, that had water and sewer under the ground that was greenbelted land that was surrounded on three sides by uh, intense development was put in the Greenbelt and then precious environmental land was left out. So here's what's happening for every acre that's taken out. You're getting about 1.2, 1.3 acres put back in. So the quantity of protected land is increasing and the quality is increasing. The land putting back in is actually environmentally sensitive. Plus, we get middle-class housing that folks can afford. This seems like a good policy solution and I think that's the best answer to take this issue on head on.
1: I'm just receiving now, uh, as a I guess we would declare breaking news. Time Magazine naming the person of the year for 2022, and it's Vladimir Zelensky. Uh, Tim Hudak, perhaps not that much of a surprise. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it still puts chills down my spine. I cannot be leave the incredible leadership of, of, of this man. I get inspired every time I see video of Ukrainian soldiers freeing the land and being hugged by citizens and parades in the streets, and they can fly the, the blue and yellow flag again. I mean, God bless this hero, and we cannot lose sight of continuing to back Zelensky. Biden's done a very good job on this. Keep the course. Keep Europe in line, because we need to stand up to Putin and free those people once again in Ukraine, and I'm glad to see this recognition.
1: Laura Babcock, a lot of people compare. to Churchill and they forget that Churchill was kind of a disaster before he became the Churchill that we know.
2: Yeah, Zelensky is proving himself right out of the gate. Um, And it's his communication, I think that's where the Churchillian comparatives are made. He has been doing a nightly communication from bunkers and all kinds of places since the get. He has kept the world informed, he has kept this balanced narrative between setting expectations that are going to lead his people to victory uh, and trying to inspire his people during the worst of times. And one of the indicators of how successful his comms have been, let alone the global support that he's generated is the fact that there was a poll done, if you can imagine, John, of the Ukrainian people asking how long they would be willing to endure things like power outages and war in order to win. And they said, no, we're good for a few more years of this. Wow. I mean, imagine that, having the kind of leadership that people trust so much that they're like, we will freeze and potentially starve, but we believe that you will lead us to victory. Now that's a leader.
1: Mark Werner, we could probably write whole essays about Right leader, right time. But I think Volodymyr Zelensky, let it not be forgotten, uh, a TV star, um, becoming a guy who might defeat what is the remains of Soviet Russia, is significant.
3: Well, look, I think I, I think that um, I've had a chance to say my views on this on the panels very previously. But look, I think history's not going to be all that great to Zelensky once we get a more balanced sort of accounting of everything he's doing, but. Um, You know, the person of the year can be good and can be bad. He's clearly a significant player this year, but I think, you know, if if we do trundle off into an actual third world fighting war, and if we still get media in the West a little bit more interested on the people who are suffering in third countries, like in Africa and South America as a result of one man's decision to talk red lines we've known about for a long time, then People may have a, a very different view of him in history going forward. But it, it, if all I knew about this issue was from turning on my TV in North America, I would be sounding like my other two colleagues on this panel. But I know, unfortunately, a little bit more.
1: Yeah, all right. We're going to have to call it there because we're out a runway. But I appreciate everybody. Tim Hudak, Laura Babcock, and Mark Warner.
0: Catch the Roundtable, round one at 745.
1: Round two at 845.
0: Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.